0: friends and welcome to another episode of the splattercast. Uh I am Amy, your co-host and I'm here with Adrian. Hello, hello. Let's go on a
1: lakeside honeymoon together.
0: <laughs> yes. A charming romantic lakeside honeymoon. Um <laughs> Mhm, mhm. So today we are talking about the movie Honeymoon, obviously, uh, from 2015, directed by Lee Janiak and co-written by her and her writing partner Phil Grazia Day. I have no idea if I'm saying that right, so I apologize in advance, Phil. Um, sorry, Phil. Lee and Lee and Phil, yeah. Sorry, Lee and Phil also work together on the upcoming Fear Street trilogy that's coming to Netflix. So that's kind of cool that they're so. Still working excited. On stuff. So excited! So <laughs> excited! I figured you would be. I so I'm a little. I'm like just a little outside of the age that um R. L. Yeah. Stein books were targeted to. So I wasn't super into them. Sure, but I recognize their significance. I know they're important to a lot of people. Um. So yeah, I was like, I, I was I kind of knew I'm like I bet Adrian's super stoked about that. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, this this hit the sweet spot like ninety three to ninety seven. I think I don't actually know when they started publishing them, but
0: yep. Yeah, I think I just noticed that the um, series is broken up into three years, like three parts mm-hmm. in three years. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: That's awesome, and they're rated R for some reason, which I mean, just goes to show you that um who was likely to have had the idea and who they're targeting it to um it's this is not for like current teens i mean maybe they'll love it right it'd be great if they love it as well but we know who they're trying to get to watch this
0: (laughs) me (laughs) yeah and not to derail the the conversation not to take the conversation away from honeymoon um too far but i also do think that like now you know Kids today are watching a lot of much gorier stuff than we than we were watching, particularly than I was watching. 100%. But I think like yeah, I think like PG thirteen and R like have changed vastly in the in the time you know yeah since horror movies started being a thing. Yes. But anyway. Um, so yeah, so here's a little bit more about Lee from the book 1,000 Women in Horror by Alexandra Heller-Nicholas, aka my Bible. Um, (laughs) Filmmaker Lee Janiak was a sensation on the international horror film festival circuit with her debut feature film Honeymoon. Having worked on a number of film sets previously in a variety of assistant roles, she was inspired to make this film after seeing Garrett Edwards' Monsters. Uh, Janiac has since been linked to a number of major horror projects, including a film series based on R.L. Stein's Fear Street, which we just mentioned. So honeymoon. I mean,
1: before I would just jump in and say, I love the way that it's written because it is a movie that like you, that that sticks with you. It's such a deceptively simple movie. Um, Obviously there's a lot, we are about to unpack a lot of feelings around the plot points, um, but yeah, it's, it's so surprising. I don't know. I'll always have a soft spot for this movie because the ending was just... That last 15 minutes is just a jaw-stopping... Jaw-stopping? That's not real, but we're going to go with it. Jaw-stopping. <laughs> stopping
0: Ending. It stopped my jaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, Yeah, it is... Uh, Yeah, surprising is a great word for it because... It definitely is, you know, at the beginning is really drawing on the mystery and sort of the thriller aspect of what's happening, and then the last yeah. fifteen minutes it just leans hard into the supernatural sort of sci-fi part of, yeah. of the mm-hmm. story. Yes. So here's the funny thing: is that Adrian texted me this weekend, uh, saying that <laughs> she had started she had started rewatching it, and she was just really curious. To know how I was gonna break down the plot of this. And yeah, yep. I um I mean there's not a lot of plot, but then as I was sort of like typing my notes out, I'm like, that well, kind of is, and there are there are a lot of things that I'm I'm excited to talk about, but I'm also just like thinking When I first saw this movie, I was like just very appreciative of sort of the technical aspect of it. You know, I was super into the special effects, the practical effects. I was super Mm -hmm. into the tension building and um, the setting and all these things. I wasn't really paying attention to all the other layers. And this time when I watched it, I saw so many things that I was like, oh, yeah, this is more than just like, a creepy monster slash alien movie,
1: you know? Totally. And spoilers from here on out, as always. Um, mm-hmm. But 100%, that's why I was thrilled. Like, that's why I said what I said, which, for our listeners, my text, my first text was, this fucking guy. Which, like, <laughs> yes. I didn't get, take from the first one. But I actually say, I. well, we'll get into it with the, the plot. But I actually, upon the end of it, my whole thesis on this is, these fucking guys because, yeah, there's a lot they but both share some interesting toxic traits given to them by misogyny, obviously, but we can talk about that. We can unpack it
0: for sure. And yeah, the, again, like, I did not remember Paul, the main male, being as <laughs> annoying. The first time I watched it is I found him this time.
1: No. No, I, I think it's because, you know, you are he's your proxy, whether you like it or not, because mm-hmm. we don't know any what's going on and neither does he. So you have to kind of give him room to maneuver through the plot and try to uncover the mystery. Um, you need him. So I think the first time you're just kind of clinging on, trying to get ahead of, you know, whatever's going to happen like him. But once you know what's going to happen, yeah, and you can actually sit back and Listen to him, Ye. not yeah. not who I'd prefer.
0: <laughs> For sure, I mean it's it's hard, it's kind of hard to pick a side in terms of who you're gonna identify with in this movie. But I think, like, just based on these layers that I saw, of course, I'm I'm siding with B. You know, even though she's in a situation that is not her fault, and and she's actually the one being terrorized, and it makes it seem like Paul's the one being terrorized, but. Um but yeah let's let's jump in
1: so we didn't get a regular wedding cake. We decided on something that was special for us instead. I love you, honey bee. So this is the famous family cottage. Do you like it? Here's what I see. The woods. A lake. I went around. P. Hey. This isn't funny, P. Hey.
0: They're mosquito bites. They don't look like bug bites. You're acting crazy. <laughs> you should leave. He's not safe.
1: What's going on? We need to leave. You can't.
0: Where did you put the keys? Where are the keys! Who's out there? we be shining in light. I want to protect you like her but is that her
1: something bad happened to me something bad happened to me
0: in the woods so We start out um, watching some recorded video from a wedding, where we're we're introduced to B, played by Rose Leslie, who you might know is Ygritte from uh, Game of Thrones, and Paul, played by Harry Treadway. Um, So they're at their wedding, it's just like a little sort of DIY wedding booth, uh, confessional booth, it almost looks like. Uh, It's interesting to me that they made the choice not to show anybody else at the wedding, but I kind of like it, It, that we're just, we see, be in video and then we see paul in video and then we see them together yeah
1: so yeah it's well, kind I, of sweet go ahead yeah no i was gonna say that's this fascinating i didn't think about it until this moment because obviously the, the real answer is budget but also it's kind of um foreshadowing like it doesn't matter that they just have this wedding like no one else can help them
0: now right yeah <laughs> this is true with or without this other element i feel. right yeah yeah <laughs> totally totally so there's there's this line at the very end of this recorded video where (laughs) where b leans in to kiss him and says i was alone but now i'm not and my old lady brain was just like oh red flag red flag (laughs) yeah why did you marry this guy is this the only reason you married him Mm -hmm. um yikes so uh it is um yeah it's immediately and painfully clear that these two really don't know that much about each other which is sort of the point of this whole film really right um but it is like they're very young uh they're they're very attracted to each other very in love whatever that means to them and they've just gotten married Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep they just did it like that's they just did that I think it's also interesting to note that all of their, the, both of the stories they tell about how the, about their first date, so sort of like how they met, mm-hmm. and then also um, how he proposed to her, involved them both being sick. Um, yeah, and so I was like, "Ooh, that's what does that? You know, like it, my brain's like kind of calculating, what does that mean? You know, what what's going on here?" Mm-hmm. Um. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like on a metaphorical level, it's, uh, you know, bad omen. Like we weren't at at our peak at these moments that we've like Mm -hmm. that define our journey. But then there's this other level of like foreign bodies controlling
0: or adapting
1: inside you. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, that is a good point. It is somewhat foreshadowing um, as to what's going to happen on their honeymoon. And so – so yeah, so now you know they're they're married. They're going on their honeymoon. We arrive at B's family cabin in the woods. Um, this is like this part's a little. <laughs> this is where I started to kind of cock my head and be like, well, what? Wait a second." Um, the second that they get in, like that, the, they pull up to the cabin. B is immediately like ap- apologetic about it, like, oh, "I'm sorry, it's not oh, yeah. much, you know." And yeah like right like she's taking yeah. him around room by room and she's kind of apologizing for it not being as fancy as it should be which i'm like it's fine it's a cabin in the woods and also they have a freaking boathouse <laughs> like, yeah with a boat i mean i think it's fine it's not it's not like a falling down evil dead style cabin <laughs> you
1: know right although i would prefer that i'd be like oh you know me so well my love <laughs> But like, also, uh, he's hasn't been there before. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, well, every, relationships are all different. But it just seems like,
0: I don't know, right? Do you know but I, I mean? think that that's pointing to him, them not being together very long. Yeah. You know, like maybe it's been a matter of months. Maybe it's been like six months. Yikes. We don't really get a sense as to how long they've been together, but it's definitely like they don't know each other well. Right. You know? <laughs> Even if it's been years, there's yeah, there's a distinct
1: lack of deep communication. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, so she shows them around. They have sex. Of course, they're on the honeymoon. Of course, they're gonna have sex. Um, and then the next morning, he's cooking. Um, something that's also kind of interesting. That I noticed is that Paul, even though I kind of immediately didn't like him um, and we're going (laughs) to find out why in a minute here. uh, He is the he's sort of taking on the non-traditional male role. So he is like the one providing food. He's like cooking for her. He's like taking care of her in a way that is not typical of men, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and she is not in a way that is not typical of how women are portrayed, she is not interested in cooking. She doesn't seem interested in cooking at all. And she's just, like, happy <laughs> to yeah. have that portion passed off to him. But, hey, while he's making her breakfast, um, you know, she asks him if there's anything she can do to help. And he says, no, no, you need to rest your womb. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I texted you. Yeah, yeah that's it that's the trigger you're like this fucking guy well that's what he
1: says next when she when she questions him i if i bet you have it quoted but if you don't i kind of do i don't
0: i don't tell me what what she what she says
1: she's basically like what the hell do you mean as anyone would if you were like you need to rest your womb and like i can't remember i think he's he's like no no it's just because i fucked you so hard or something like that and like I get that that's a thing people say and it's fine but i was like
0: you fucked her like
1: you didn't have you didn't fuck each other (laughs) yeah
0: yeah i think like i can see how it was meant to be cute yeah yeah but i I had the same exact reaction that b had which was like what the fuck, dude (laughs) um but also i mean again this you know this is pointing at the at something larger that happens later right Mm -hmm. that is all involving her womb and so it is interesting that way, but, yeah, there is something, like, weird and ownership about it. Like, it's, you know, like, it's not really her body. You know, they she's married to him, so take right. care of everything that belongs to me kind of thing. So, totally. But it's, like, something
1: that, it's a theme that goes on throughout because later they have sex and he – again, and he says that he's hungry and she says, I'm kind of full, which is, you know – yeah we get it but also it's like it's a it's a theme that keeps happening like uh lee as director and phil phil we'll never forget you phil um (laughs) you know they're they're trying to make sure that's constantly in your mind and it is it but what's so clever and you know that they like high fived when they realize they pulled it off is like it's constantly in your mind but you still don't expect where things are going
0: (laughs) yeah for sure I also um it's you know it and it's also again pointing to the fact that like these two truly don't know each other because they they are married but they have never had the conversation about kids. Right. If they want them, when they want them, how mm-hmm. soon that would happen. <laughs> so Yeah. So, you know, um B immediately sort of panics and is like gets all like, oh God. And then mm-hmm. basically says, like, I don't know when I'm gonna wanna have kids. Do you wanna have kids? And he's like, oh, Y- yeah, mate yes, <laughs> like not right. right now, but again, that's I like I was just irritated. I'm like, so yeah, so like you want to have them when it's convenient for you, which is not right now, but like, right. but you never even talked about it with her. You never even said like, yes, I want to have them or no, I don't want to have them. You know, <laughs> right? Like, and I didn't notice any condoms. I'm just gonna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> say oh that. yeah. So classic, classic, classic classic toxic male just being like she'll take care of it it'll be fine um (laughs) yeah i'm just over here smirking and laughing i might be projecting a little bit but anyway (laughs) um (laughs) it's so he's so cringe he's just so cringe um eventually uh after you know having all this sex and talking i'm putting question mark there purposely (laughs) um you know going out on the boat and discovering the water's too cold to swim in um they wander out to the only restaurant in the area and run into Bee's old friend will Mm -hmm. who is immediately glad to see her and because i mean it's rose leslie look at her so like you know but they're childhood friends um he gives her a big hug he's only talking to her he's not even really looking at paul Uh, And he calls her Trixie, which I found found interesting. Yeah, because it's never really discussed. Yeah, she never brings it up again, but he has like a little nickname for her. And so Paul is, of course, immediately like jealous, (laughs) skeptical Mm -hmm. about what's going on. Um, And Will's acting a little weird, like outside of being really warm towards Bee and excited to see her, he is acting a little weird. And he did yell at them first before he saw that it was her.
1: Oh, yeah. He was he like, said, we're like, not we're... open. Like, <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of a lot of emotion of many kinds.
0: Oh, yeah. He's like throwing shit around in the kitchen and like yelling when they when they come in. But um, he says something about his wife, Annie, and, you know, how he runs the cafe with her. And then she wanders out and she looks a little rough, you know, mm-hmm. like she she looks like she hasn't slept in a while. Um, she's pretty wide eyed. And then she just kind of wanders out and says, my name is Annie. And he's like, yep, this is my wife, Annie. (laughs) And then I think she says, um, or Will just says she's not well as like an excuse and kind of shoes her away. And so B and Paul are like, all right, cool, and leave. (laughs) And then they don't really think about that again. But that's an important detail that's going to come back around later. so, but you know, other than that, the, their time at the cabin is is all pretty standard, uh, until Paul decides to get up early to go fishing for his wife, which is something he's obviously never done, right? Um, and it's but, this weird thing, right, where he's like playing at what he thinks real men do, like exactly, yeah. And that's what so at the beginning when I was like both of these people
1: <laughs> to a degree is there's so much about manliness and risk and killing and what it means to be a man and she, she be as, as responsible as he is for these kind of like standards being set and paul constantly not living up to them right you kind of get this idea there's at one point i think with this scene with will something about hockey is brought up and he's like is that the one with the ice right so there's oh yeah he he all he wasn't he did not develop into maybe the classic man with a capital M and that should be okay but because everyone else's, including his ideas of what he's supposed to live up to he's not living up to it like there's one point B shows um is looking at the big bear skin rug on the wall that her grandfather you know skinned a bear I guess and put it on the wall um and you know this she's talking about killing you know with your bare hands and how that's supposed to be I mean she doesn't say that's a standard but you know she's talking about her grandfather or when they go out on the lake he picks up a life jacket and she makes fun of him for that like there's a there's a lot of internalized misogyny in her character and i don't know why um yeah. you know it's like a defense mechanism of some sort but they both have it and it's it's very strange
0: yeah that's true um it does go a little bit deeper than him just thinking but yeah for, for whatever reason he has this idea that like real men provide and so he gets all the stuff and then trips it <laughs> drops the bait box and the worms spill all over and then he's just like you know what never mind <laughs> decides I, to
1: go I would back. do the same thing i'd be like that's enough of this
0: you're like it's three three o'clock in the morning which i also don't know why he thought he had to get up at three o'clock in the morning to go know. fishing but like fine um, so it goes back inside and B is not there. She has disappeared. Um, which would be terrifying. It is terrifying and it kind of sets up this like this, this is the part where the sort of the thriller part of the movie comes in, right? It sets up this mystery mm-hmm. where at first Paul is like, oh, I'm sure she's just in the bathroom or maybe she's tricking me, maybe she's hiding. Because that's what I would do at three in the morning. But yeah. <laughs> so he starts to go back to bed, and then he hears um, the door creak and like this weird hum, and he's like, oh, "Okay." Um. So he goes out into the woods. Just you know, he starts to get worried, and he goes out there and starts calling her name, and he finds her. Alone, in the circle of trees, naked,
1: <laughs> yep. looking
0: just wrecked, and standing so still. I don't know what it is about people standing like completely still in sort of like a weird posture (laughs) that is so terrifying to me. But I again, when I saw this scene for the second time, I was like, "Ah!" Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I feel the same way about like the end of the Blair Witch Project, you know, but Mm -hmm. like, I I cannot deal with that that is a thing that is a thing in horror films that scares me this like someone just standing completely still not moving not responding um and and just I, I, I don't know what I don't know why I don't know if that scares you but it's just something that like scares me
1: I think it's a good sign of empathy I it doesn't scare me because I've seen it too many times I think I can't even recall what it was like to see it for the first time but mm-hmm. I think it's a very empathetic thing to be afraid of because what would the you would be terrified if somebody was doing that in real life because you'd know that something was wrong you know yeah. Um not necessarily that you're in an
0: unsafe situation but somebody is <laughs>
1: you know what I mean yeah
0: I think it's for me, like, yeah, I'm putting myself into that character that's standing there. And so Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, like, what it would be like to be so under a spell or so entranced that I didn't have control of my own body. And so I would just have to be still. Yeah, Um, that's scary. But when he he touches her and she screams and kind of shakes out of it. Um, And he's like, what are you doing out here? Like, what happened? You know, and she just kind of shrugs it off like, oh, I must have been sleepwalking.
1: Yeah, um, that's, that's scary. That whole <laughs> – everything that comes after this is very scary. Go ahead.
0: I, I'll, I'll shut up while you explain it, and then we can discuss. Yeah, so, yeah, so he's, like, oh, you know, he's kind of reluctant to believe it, but, like, this is his wife. He knows her. And so, <laughs> um, so the next morning, she's making breakfast very badly. And this is obviously, like, you know, they've set it up that she doesn't do this. She, this is not her normal – course of action Um, and it's just like weird things like she made french toast but didn't batter the bread so the bread's burning she made coffee but she didn't put coffee beans (laughs) in the coffee maker so it's just hot water Um, so it's interesting and he points this out he's like babe like what why are you doing this like what's going on you're doing it all wrong and she's kind of like no no I don't know what you're talking about
1: (laughs) um
0: also I don't know what they did to her here Makeup-wise, but she looks she already looks markedly different, which I think is incredible I mean, I'm sure part of it is Rose's performance, but like It's so subtle, but she just doesn't look as bright and Mm -hmm. like perky as she did previously Um, I think they just made some changes to her hair and maybe just like strip some makeup down, but I'm just like wow that You can tell she's different already. Yeah. And it's subtle. That's yeah, it's good.
1: You don't need a 100 million billion dollars to make a great movie. You just need to know what you need to take away and add to characters. And that's, yeah, that's it in that moment. Yeah, it's almost like, um, her actions. It's almost like somebody observed things
0: that people do, but mm-hmm. didn't really
1: understand why they do what they do. She's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just De-de-de-de-de. going through the motions
0: wink Mm -hmm. wink yeah (laughs) oh you know but what's most distressing to paul is that she's not laughing at his dumb jokes anymore Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh no poor but in a
1: way i will give him this you know he's he's not a wholly likable character but that's the thing is it's i love movies that make you have to acquiesce to a degree right because i'm in this world that we live in I'll tell you we live in a society Just kidding. <laughs> uh, We you know th- things are getting more and more polarized and you know We live in a world where you can just be like well I don't have to like you because you are don't like me, you know But we're not gonna get anywhere that way and there are people that you should just dismiss and throw in the trash for sure lots of them I could write you a list but like people like Paul, right? Someday when the water wars start, (laughs) in the the (laughs) dystopian future, we're going to have to figure out how to dismiss or understand or empathize with people who have shitty qualities. This movie forces you to do that, and that is interesting to me.
0: We're going to need a guy like Paul to make us breakfast, for sure. Exactly, exactly. During (laughs) the water wars. So, I love (laughs) that. Uh, why we'll do see. i just i just see water you say that and i see water world and that's uh, all i see but like <laughs> i love that movie i just lost all credibility on this show
1: by saying that but i love that movie
0: no i actually think it's wildly popular now which i find very interesting
1: yeah um, i mean it's not but...
0: good no <laughs> but it's expensive it is expensive and dennis hopper oh kiss oh yes uh, um, anyway, back <laughs> to honeymoon. Moon, um, so yeah, so she's not laughing at his jokes, and then they sort of start getting into sexy times again, where, uh, Paul sees marks on her inner thighs and freaks out about what happened to her, right? And she's like, no, 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 they're just mosquito bites. <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't look like mosquito bites. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, he immediately... You know he's getting paranoid already. Like he's because she's not telling him exactly what happened to her. He is he kind of goes into like toxic overdrive. This is how I feel about it, mm-hmm. right? So she says they're mosquito bites, and then she suddenly's like, "I'm tired. I'm gonna take a sleep." Mm-hmm. Clue, 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 clue. Who yep. says that? And so like she he says, "Excuse me," and she says, "A nap. I'm gonna take a nap." So. It's odd, like she's doing these things. She's saying things that don't really make sense. Uh, going back to Adrian's point of like, it's almost like somebody watched humans doing something, mm-hmm. <laughs> and as her mimicking these things. So while she's sleeping, he he sneaks in and kind of looks at the marks again, which actually look like two violent puncture marks, kind of like yeah. fangs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely not mosquito bites. So he goes back to where he found her in the woods and finds her shredded nightgown. And it's covered in this kind of slimy, slug-like substance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, also, again, uh, immediately I'm like, ugh. Um, And then when he comes back, I love this scene, he finds her rehearsing excuses in the mirror in the bathroom Mm -hmm. about, like, why she's not going to have sex with him later. So she's just talking to herself and looking in the mirror and going like, I think I have a headache. I just don't feel well. It's my stomach. I need to go lie down like I'm not tonight. I just don't And I am like, oh, man. Yeah. Which I think is the only time that I actually ever sympathized with Paul <laughs> is this scene because like, I, I mean, I've experienced something like that before where you mm. overhear. Um, somebody rehearsing something that they're getting ready to tell you as a lie or an excuse, and it is so deeply unpleasant and, like, upsetting, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, like, I do think he genuinely loves her, whatever depth of love that is, right? I think they, they genuinely loved each other to a degree, at least, when they got married. I just don't think they understand communication, which means that they probably weren't long for this world anyway. But, yeah, I do actually feel I, like... I'm annoyed by him and feel uh, empathy for him through this whole section because that's actually, it's its own kind of horror when you know something is wrong Mm -hmm. to someone you care about and they won't, they won't tell you, probably because you can't actually do anything to, you know, usually it's because you can't actually make it better, but it becomes its own kind of strange proxy um, trauma because
0: you care, you know? It's ga- its gaslighting. I mean, mm-hmm. it, in this case, it—we w- will find out that it's not necessarily Rose's fault, but she is gaslighting him by saying like nothing's wrong. I'm totally fine, and he knows in his gut that there is something very wrong. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but then, <laughs> but then I immediately don't like him because. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. What happens next is um. You know, she's uh, she's just trying to act like everything's normal. She's washing her clothes. She's getting some beers for them. They're playing dice. I don't know what they're playing. Um, they're throwing dice around and having beers, and they start making out. Uh, and as they start making out, she suddenly says, you're going to kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, what? what? And then, you know, he stops, and he's like, wait, what? Um, but where I really start to not like him is that he's concerned for her right and he wants her to tell him what happened but the way that he does it is so fucking awful yes so instead of just like saying you know he, he has sort of said like tell me what happened but instead of sort of continuing with that instead of just like trying to hold her and and be like please tell me what happened i really want you to share with me do you feel safe telling me what happened right you know uh he instead he's like hey put on your nightgown Put on your honeymoon nightgown, which he, you know, he's found and he knows is all torn up, but, you know, and, and she's like, why? No, I don't want to, you know? Right. And so like, there's an element about it that's not just like, he's trying to force her into admitting what happened. It's, it's like, again, it's like an ownership. It's like a Mm
1: -hmm.
0: dress up for me, like put this thing on for me. And oh, why do you mean you can't, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's it's
1: definitely a test, but mm-hmm. I don't understand why that why you would do
0: that to someone you know is is hurt in some way. Right? Like she's <laughs> if you think she's traumatized, which all signs point to you, that she right. is. That when you found her, she was or that something happened. You don't know what it is. You want her to tell you. She's not telling you. I don't feel like bullying her into telling you is the way to go. Bingo. <laughs> so. Um, you know, and then from then on he just sort of spends the movie watching her in like a super creepy way. Yes. Like I know he's worried about her and he thinks she's lying, but there's a whole lot about the behavior that is so controlling and abusive that I just was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. But in the midst of all of this, um, I guess I I hadn't mentioned this before. So at various points during this film, there is some electricity humming there are lights flickering on and off there are some mysterious sort of light beams inside and outside the house um so these are all sort of clues as to to what has happened to be so at some point uh this light gets more intense and it comes into the house and paul again what is the first thing paul does when he sees this light and hears this humming he runs outside with a gun and shoots at it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> shoots at nothing there's nothing to shoot at yep and i got my gun
1: and i got my opinions on what the light is which you'll get to
0: right and so you know b wakes up and she's like what the fuck are you doing like why are you shooting at things and then he sort of accuses her of cheating on him with will the guy at the the cafe yeah
1: so it kind of, it goes bad too, right? Because it starts with like, did he do something to you? And ends with like, did you do something? Which is right. great, it's a great dissent.
0: Like, it, they, again, this is the, this is another, like, this is one of the reasons why Paul just ugh, gets under my skin. Because he, uh, when they first had seen Will and Annie, um, he basically made a comment about Will being abusive towards his wife, Right and what's really interesting right. is that b actually says well she must have done something which i'm like oh man whoa yeah so, there's that internalized misogyny <laughs> again yeah and he's surprised about it but this is what i mean is that like paul is acting like he's the nice guy and he's really not the nice guy like you know yeah he's acting like how dare this other guy abuse his wife when in reality he's kind of doing the same thing to be but because he's not physically hitting her he's not recognizing it as that you right. know right totally and so, yeah, so he's like, he's like, what did he do to you? What happened? You know, kind of implying that maybe she met Will because she wanted to reconnect with him. And then he he raped her, essentially. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, and then he gets into sort of like, you can tell me anything. Like, basically, like, if you slept with him, it's totally fine, which we all know would not be totally fine with Paul. But whatever. He's right. t- trying to get her to tell, tell him. Um, and she won't. She just she just is like, no, like, what are you talking about? um i don't remember you know like i was just sleepwalking she just kind of keeps getting mm-hmm. into that um and so it's you know she just sort of like shuts him down with like you're ruining our time together and like kind of runs off right and then oh, he, i forgot about that yeah yeah and then we have this interesting um Scene it's kind of fatal attraction scene with Paul mm-hmm. clicking a light on and off on and off on and off while he's thinking yes and and then he goes into absolute like tantrum mode so <laughs> <laughs> like he gets yeah. super pouty he's like outside like poking a stick into the bonfire he made the night before and she comes out to talk to him and he's just like mmm, mm, mm. <laughs> <You> know, like <laughs> i know mopey nelly (laughs) yes um and then he says well how how are the bites on your leg and she's like fine and then they pan over to them and they're super gross yeah (laughs) like something is growing (laughs) under her skin it looks
1: like you know yeah
0: yeah um yeah, so the the, the next, uh, I think it's the next morning, or maybe it's the same morning, they go out on the boat together to go fishing and kind of reconnect. Like he sees, like he's like, oh, okay, this is, again, my bee, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything's sort of centering around this idea that like she's not acting like herself. She's not the woman he fell in love with, yada, yada, yada. So he's distressed because she's not acting exactly like she acted before. And um, which is like, we can get into the whole thing about marriage and the disintegration of relationships Mm -hmm. and how this is perhaps a metaphor for what happens when you marry somebody. But (laughs) 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 let's put a pin on that for right now. Um, they reconnect on the boat, they sort of start making out again, and I don't know why he's always, like, immediately going for the crotch, but this is his move, this is his foreplay. So. Right. <laughs> like, like he can, oh, this is all he can think of, is just, put your hand in a crotch. That's that's where yep. it goes. He does that, and his hand comes away bloody, because she is just, she's bleeding very heavily from between her legs. Yeah. Um, so when they get back to the cabin, he's like freaking out and being like, we need to go to a hospital. And she's like, it's just my period. Which again, which is another really interesting thing, I think, you know, thinking about men's fear of uh, periods, men's fear Mm -hmm. of blood. Like, it's just like, you know, it's so ridiculous that even in in 2021, like men cannot handle knowing about this perfectly natural function (laughs) that happens to women. Once a month.
1: Right. Like, it, it does seem excessive, but also I would bet any amount of money that most men don't know what would be excessive and what wouldn't. And I know it's different amazing. for every woman, right? But like, I just like kind of quote unquote standard. I, I That's what I caught in that moment is that I was like so many men, most men don't know anything. And we don't teach them anything yeah. in schools because yeah, I don't need to explain why.
0: Yeah. You know. Right it's the, 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 again this is like a whole other layer of what's happening in this film that's not really the point of the film but i just think it's an interesting note mm-hmm. um and you know and he's like he doesn't buy that it's a period because he saw her write down on the calendar exactly when she would have it so that it wouldn't happen on their honeymoon, which is like another thing, another ludicrous thing that is absolutely true and something right. that women plan around because men can't deal. <laughs> with right. Period. And, and so. something that doesn't uh, work out even so, because
1: the yeah, body will do exactly. what it wants to do.
0: Paul decides it's not her period, and obviously Will has assaulted her in some way. So. Right. So he leaves to go back to the diner and confront Will. I love this scene. So yes. he he arrives, the diner is empty. He sees Annie wandering out onto the dock with like a great length of rope. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Another, another um, foreshadow. Yeah. And he says, hey, uh, I met you the other day, you know, I was here with B. Where's Will? I need to find Will. And she says, he's hiding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is another great, like, you're like, whoa, wait, what? He's what? He's h- right. He's hiding. Um, and then she immediately says, you should stay away from us. We will hurt you. Yeah. And,
1: of um, course, he takes us to mean
0: different than we what we're
1: starting to get the sense yeah. of as the audience who us is.
0: Yeah, it is. It's like an incredibly tense scene. And um, the actress who plays Annie is perfect. And I love her delivery, you know, and she's looking a little ragged still, like even more ragged than she was when we first saw her. Mm -hmm. Um, So interesting. Uh, And then she gets in a boat with this length of rope and goes away. And then he walks over to the edge of the dock and sees something floating in the water and picks it up. And it's Will's hat with blood on it yep so yeah great setup i mean just amazing like i am in awe of like how that small detail just makes you be like oh fuck right (laughs) what is going on here
1: and again like everything if you look from the end back is Mm -hmm. so obvious but like at least for me i didn't i didn't make make the final connection, Mm -hmm. you know, of where he's hiding. Oh, yeah. I just let it... You know, I was like, oh, gosh, something terrible is happening. That's such good storytelling. Let it sit out there. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, so now we go back to the cabin and the most horrific scene in the entire (laughs) film. Yes. (laughs) I'm. you cannot see me, friends, but I am clutching right under my stomach <laughs> just yep. thinking about this Yep.
1: prepare so somewhere in here though he also he sees well you're gonna talk about the notes maybe oh yeah
0: the notes i, I forgot about this uh, when he when he leaves and goes back to the diner he sees that there's an entire wall co- covered in handwritten notes that say like my name is annie my husband's name is will I live here, you know, like just sort mm-hmm. of like basic info, just written over and over and over. And he's like weird, and he takes a page and runs off. So he comes back to confront B, um, and he finds her notebook, which, or he had found her notebook earlier, I think, that says like, "My name is B. My mm-hmm. <laughs> so name is Paul. I live in New York in an apartment. You know, it's just like all this basic info." Yeah. Um. So when he when he gets back and he confronts her and then she's in the bat she goes to the bathroom or she's in the bathroom I might be mixing up the order of how these things happen but
1: it's a, it's that kind of movie where it all slides together because it's just ramping up constantly so yeah
0: yeah I don't it is know like from, <laughs> from this point on it's just like full throttle yes so uh, he he breaks into the bathroom when she doesn't answer and <laughs> she oh I can't I don't even know. I don't know if I can even say this because it's like so horrible but she's sitting on the floor with her legs spread apart and she's got it's unclear what it is but it's some kind of metal bar and she's just ramming it into herself over mm-hmm. and over and there's blood everywhere as there would be yep. um and then finally like she just drops it and it makes this clanking sound and I'm like ah <laughs> like, <laughs> same yeah it's. It is. There's. You know.
1: There's a little <laughs> nod to The Exorcist in there. Yeah. Um, You know. There's. There's a lot going on. But, I mean, I don't know. If I was in the situation she's actually in, I might mm-hmm. try it too. Yeah.
0: Well, but what oh. else would you do? I don't know. I don't
1: know. You'd Not want bad. it out though. I probably it's wouldn't. Just,
0: this is a good.
1: This is a good point to say. I can't remember what I was talking about. It was something to do with reproductive health or my period or something like that to a friend however long ago um and it just you know it sucks cramps something like that and he said something really clever and he said nature is a misogynist and that's kind of true (laughs) i mean to a degree right we were not we didn't evolve from an equitable place because Mm -hmm. nature just wants to reproduce right
0: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm
1: And wow. this, this movie is the epitome of that because what we're about to find out happened to be, um, will be revealed. But my assumption is that the, the creatures that did it to her had, didn't care or think about any sort of deeper meaning. They just needed to implant something in a warm place. Yeah. <laughs> it's and true. that That, so yeah, nature is a misogynist kind of blows my mind, but it's not, not true yeah oh my god anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's the theme as, as amy leads you into this climax that is my thesis about this yeah
0: i mean yes take it with you yes um so yeah so he oh yeah i think actually this is where so like she comes out and then he basically says like i found you writing this stuff what does it mean and these aren't things that you forget. Why are you writing them down? And she says, we don't remember. She uses we mm-hmm. as the descriptor. And then there's some, um, she actually finally, like, tells him what happens. Mm-hmm. What happened to her in the woods. Um, and it's it's interesting. Um, oh, I think this is actually first, first there's a scuffle, right? Yeah, so, he ties her to the bed. Yeah. <laughs> there's a scuffle he actually says and this is another piece of dialogue that made me be like paul what the fuck mm-hmm. he says he says i don't know what's happening to you i just want things to be normal i just want us to be us again and i'm like dude come on <laughs> like Break. you found
1: your wife stabbing herself in the vagina if she refuses to leave <laughs> i actually think this is a kind of place for a health check wellness check this is a time when you can like kind of gently restrain her, not tire to a bed and call i don't know 911 this is not yeah
0: this is not the time that you take to be selfish okay
1: no no <laughs> let's not center ourselves in this um vagina stabbing moment
0: you can have you can have these thoughts you can have them mm-hmm. that you just wanted to be normal but your priority should be figuring out how to help your wife right now yep <laughs> So they get into a scuffle. It looks like maybe she's going to win, which I was like, yeah. Yeah. And then (laughs) even though it's horrifying, whatever's happened to her, I was just still like, yes. But then he gets the best of her, wrestles her on the bed, ties all of her arms and legs to the corners of the bed, which. (laughs) Yeah. What? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then, you know, goes into the like the my wife doesn't talk like this she tells me everything where is my wife and so now he's sort of in this mindset that whoever this person is on the bed it's not b anymore something has happened to B. something has taken over b it's not her right
1: which you have to be pretty far gone actually to like accept that right not that not that it isn't fair but that's not where people's minds would go first
0: right like we've suddenly moved from you were attacked will clearly did something to you that traumatized you to actually you're not even her yeah <laughs> so so again i don't understand <laughs> like he's talking to her and then suddenly he's like you know what foreplay will help and so <laughs> yeah <laughs> like why in the fuck <laughs> paul So again, he puts his hand up into her. I can't. Yeah, (laughs) that's like, is this helping? No, it's not helping. It's not helping anything. when he knows that something's up there. Like he kind (laughs) of just knows something's going on. Right. But his motivation at first is just to be like, let's try a little uh, sexy time. Right. Seems like the best time to do that right after you've taken a metal bar. (laughs) Yes. In there. To your bits when he pulls his hand away uh it's covered in this sort of white goopy substance and he's like oh like suddenly this is the thing that makes him be like oh yeah yeah (laughs) so oh man so like i'm picture i'm sorry this this part is so it's even it's as gnarly as the previous scene so yes she says to him like help me And I'm like, wait, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like my brain's like, what do you mean? Help me. What is she asking? What is Mm -hmm. she asking him to do? Yeah, she's asking him to help with a little DIY abortion and (laughs) of whatever is in there. Yep. So he just reaches in there and yanks it out. And (laughs) it is so gross. It is a weird... <laughs> looking
1: kind of yellow questionably
0: viscous possibly long rope of cat hairball like, it's like veiny and like moving yeah. i don't know but it and yet very still as you yeah it's very
1: stiller than you'd imagine like what is this thing is it alive is it an umbilical cord yeah we don't know what does it end in <laughs>
0: There's a, there's a scene um, as he moves away from her on the bed where it kind of, the little veins at the end kind of flicker. <laughs> yeah, they go, <laughs> and I go, <laughs> every time. I'm still, I can't, like, I just, my hands just immediately go under my stomach in, like, a protective, mm-hmm. like, no. <laughs> so here's a question.
1: Here's a yes. question because the, the, it's never really a lot, the great thing about Honeymoon is a lot isn't explained. You you understand what happened at the end. You understand what happened the whole time, but you don't. They don't dwell on like, oh, well, you know, Willie had a nickname for her. Like they don't waste time with that, and I love it. But so, what do you think this rope alien? What do you think happened there? I don't. What was it doing?
0: I don't know. But she says, like, you know, she finally tells him after this horrible ordeal she finally describes to him what happened that there are these dark figures in the woods that she could always see so it's sort of like pointing to the fact that this is like something that she knew was around when she lived there or when she came there as a child right Mm -hmm. she could always see them and they called her into the woods and then they were inside her and she could still feel them there so there is some kind of impregnation there's some kind of uh, you know, they impregnate her in some way, but it's not clear what it is they're impregnating her with. Right. It's I, not clear if it's a baby, whatever, figure. Yeah. <laughs> alien. I don't know. There's some secondary, like, life
1: force. I, my my thing is, I think that the marks on the leg are where the alien creature they grab on and they shoot themselves inside the host. Yeah. And then this like rope thing, I think is a totally an umbilical cord. And then you implant kind of like a chest burster, you implant this new consciousness in, uh-huh. and then obviously you can pull out the, the umbilical cordy thing. Cause you know, right. they pull it out and she's not cured. Right. So yeah. But I think it's kind of like that. Yeah. then nature doesn't care. Right. So you shoot this thing in and then it's just going to be in there. They don't care that it's in there i don't know if i get hung that. except that i have a vagina and i wouldn't want
0: a foreign object in it (laughs) more than necessary right right we like to know what's going in there and we like to know what's coming out of there yep these are just basic things that we like to know about our bodies yeah it's
1: just a a hole in your body you want to know things like same with my eyes my mouth my nose
0: Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's, you know, that because obviously we're seeing a metamorphosis happen. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, throughout the film, uh, B has become increasingly paler. She's starting to get sort of more veiny kind of lines on her skin. She looks a lot more fragile. Her hair is a lot duller. Um, just these sort of subtle changes are happening in addition to all this blood <laughs> and gore mm-hmm. that's going on. So yeah, I think you're right. There's a, it implants something. It doesn't matter if you rip out that small part of it because it's already in her. It's already taking over her brain. So, yeah. um. So yeah. So uh, you know, at this point, she's untied uh, from the bed because he's like, okay, she finally told me the truth. Everything's gonna be fine, uh, dear Paul. It is not gonna be <laughs> fine it's going to be very bad yeah (laughs) so she um she is sort of like muttering to herself that she's got to save him and Mm -hmm. she knocks him out and the next thing you know he wakes up in the boat and he's tied up and she is at the edge of the boat uh driving them out to the middle of the lake and he's like hey what uh, what's going on like why did you do this where are we what what are we doing Mm-hmm. oh my god this scene so is so good so she says i'm saving you mm-hmm. and she's tying him to an anchor and she just like is gonna plop the anchor over and he realizes what's going on so he's like whoa 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 I, what do you mean you're saving me? yeah you have to hide under the water because it's the only place they can't find you and she's he's like hey 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 i can't hide underwater i can't breathe Mm-hmm. this is great, this is such a great scene because then it all clicks in and you remember what Annie said earlier that Paul is hiding or that Will is hiding and you're like, oh dude, Will is dead under the water and that's why his hat was floating on yeah. the surface. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, no, no, I'm saving you and just, bloop, just drops that anchor over and pushes him in and there he goes. And it Sorry. it's it. Sorry. Sorry, Paul. It's
1: so unceremonious. Yeah that's what makes it great you're like oh
0: and then it's just oh that's it he's gone that's it she's murdered him but she doesn't know it she thinks she's saving him yeah (laughs) because you know it starts
1: with little things like i'm gonna take a sleep or a clothes box suitcase right like where Uh she's still mostly in charge but like because there's this other entity inside her it's starting to not be able to comprehend things but by this point There's so little of her left that this seems like a good idea, and so much of the alien um, that they don't—they no longer understand how humans work entirely. But she's still there a little bit, like her goal, her desire to help and protect him, whether he deserves it or not, um, is there. So that's really—I just like this concept of this alien concept. You know, it's not cut and dried. It's—it's
0: a yeah, it's a metamorphosis, like you said. Yeah so Paul's gone now (laughs) she goes back to the cabin and she's looking like pretty gnarly at this point you know she's like her skin's peeling off her eyes have changed to a different color and shape yeah amazing practical effects and Mm -hmm. I read that Janiac was really inspired by Cronenberg and you can definitely see the Cronenberg elements in in all these Effects scenes, but I think particularly here it's very The Fly sort of like Jeff Goldblum kind of transformation. Totally. Um, but yeah, so she's watching the wedding video, and then the light comes, the humming starts. She opens the door. There's Annie, and they kind of walk off into the woods together. Um, and then you get her saying that line again. This voiceover, her saying, "I was alone, but now I'm not." Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, wow. So that's, I mean, that's it. That's Honeymoon. But it is, uh, it's such a good film. It's just so, yeah, like, every beat counts in this movie, I
1: feel like. Bingo. And on both, on every level, it doesn't help you along. It doesn't mm-hmm. over-explain things. Like like we both said, the first time we watched it, we're, you know, you're, you're, focused on trying to understand the mystery second time through you see all these other themes that Mm -hmm. again are never like there's no moralizing there's no like this is the right way to be a person or like you know uh or like this this guy is a dick there's none of that it's just here's where these people are in their lives and in their journey right we're hopefully becoming better people you know you hope that that's what people are trying to do um and this is what happened when you throw in a a, you know a supernatural force into the mix
0: yeah so it's just like on the one hand it's just like this crazy tale of this newlywed couple that goes out um to enjoy their honeymoon and um aliens or monsters or whatever they are interferes (laughs) and horrible things happen to them and then on the other hand, there's, you know, you can look at this as, like we, like I mentioned earlier, the dissolution of a marriage, the the de- deterioration of a relationship, um, something to be said about entering into a, a lifetime commitment, uh, I use the term loosely because we all know that like, just because you get married doesn't mean you have to stay with that person. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Especially not in this this day and age. But, no. you know, entering into a long-term commitment, let's say, with somebody you don't really know very well. Mm-hmm. And then there's also this idea of this sort of being every man's nightmare, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I could say every person's nightmare, sure, sure. But I think more specifically for men, the idea that their beautiful, perfect wife or girlfriend is suddenly moody that she looks different that she's acting weird that she's not as easily compliant you know mm-hmm. um that's you know for toxic dudes in particular a very real fear not even just toxic dudes because i honestly like i feel like my marriage like you know i got married in my 20s i feel like it didn't it it didn't make it because the man that I married had a very specific idea of who I was and I mm. wasn't that person so mm-hmm. um, I was you know I think he put me on a pedestal that didn't really exist <laughs> so yeah um, so yeah I think like there's there's that element is there there's um, you know because like at no point until he's on the boat does Paul actually fear for his life like he'd never no seems concerned about getting hurt physically until he's actually tied up on the boat and it's clear that she's going to drown him
1: Right. well that's another great reversal is the whole time you think she's the victim and she is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you think she's like the person that we need to worry about um dying or whatever or succumbing and really he's he's the potential victim the whole time you know
0: yeah which is also what i think is interesting is that a lot of times um in a film like this um you're you know the when the woman is undergoing a transformation of some sort you are rooting for her and you are sort of being like yeah she's finding her power and her freedom Mm -hmm. but in this that's not true in this she's like legit being taken over by something else and it Mm -hmm. sucks and it's sad and you're sad for b but I do find that interesting that it's just like, um, I, it's very, you know, invasion of the body snatchers. It's very much just like a biological, like this is what happens. And yep. like it's happening right now to the people in this, to the women in this small town. Um, but it is interesting also to think about how it's only happening to the women. Right. And because it's a biological function, I guess that this is like, they these creatures need a womb. They need some way to get in there. But um, yeah. A, a way to get in there that's not, like, that
1: is, is uh, like, I have, they're not the right words, but, like, clean and made for, like, hosting, if you will. Yeah. Like, because, yeah. you know, the immediate thought I have is, like, some, like, classic Stephen King, dream catcher shit aliens. <laughs> like, well, you could use people's <laughs> butts, but, like, butts and stomachs are not hospitable. And that right. is this cool thing that only, you know, vagina owners have is, I mean, not, it's not cool in case that these aliens exist. But, like... <laughs> You know, that's why I go back to nature as a misogynist. There's just, these aliens most likely have no idea about anything else. But they're like, oh, this right. is not toxic. There's no acid. There's no, you know, contaminated right, right. matter potential. Like, this is a good place.
0: Well, I'm grateful that I don't have a womb anymore. So I will be safe <laughs> if uh, I'm ever out in the woods and these aliens or whatever they are arrive. I'll be fine. You know, that's, that's a second kind of level. There's so many
1: layers, right? But that's a
0: second kind of uh, classic
1: male fear level that's at play here is just like fear of ladies' junk or something being oh, wrong yeah. with it. You know, yeah. one, because you don't really understand it. Two, because right. like, well, do
0: I still get to have sex with it? Which is clearly and at I... the top of Paul's mind at all yeah. times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, so this is just another layer. Yeah. But yeah, really interesting and I think really interesting that it's co-written um, yeah. You know, cuz I would love to know like what the breakdown of it is of that is and like you know, what decisions were made together and what dis- like what they kind of meshed together, but mm-hmm. Man, yeah. Strong strong entry. Um I will most def watch this Fear Street Business.
1: Yes. Um
0: and then hope that she also does another feature at some point.
1: Yeah. I like I don't, I'm not a producer yet. Who knows? Maybe I'll become one. But uh, somebody gives this woman money. Yes. Any amount of money she wants, give it to her. Like, this movie is so good.
0: Yeah, I hope, I hope Fear Street is just wildly successful. And so, you know. Me too. I don't remember a
1: single Fear Street story anymore, but I read a bunch of them.
0: <laughs> I find that's true of like 95% of the media that I've consumed. Over
1: <laughs> especially as like a young person. like oh my gosh, yes it's, it's been a, it's been a minute.
0: Ah, honeymoon. <sighs> honeymoon. yeah. So you did a great job. Lesson learned here. Don't marry somebody you don't know that well. Mm-hmm. One, don't go out into <laughs> a remote cabin in the woods. For your honeymoon, too. Believe in Uh, aliens. Yeah, and I don't know, just maybe when you run into the weird couple that runs the cafe and they tell you to leave, leave. Yeah, oh my gosh.
1: That is legitimately the lesson to learn for all people. If someone legitimately says you need to get out of here in -hmm. almost any situation, take them up on it. Go.
0: Get out. Yeah. Don't look back. Just get out. Um, but also I think, you know, Paul fits the the mold of toxic masculinity enough that we can say mm. our catchphrase. <laughs> Absolutely. Three, two, one. Fuck the Fuck patriarchy. Fuck the patriarchy.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, it's the remix.
0: <laughs> Adrian's doing the remix. I love it.
1: It just felt like it needed to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. Paul, seriously, I don't feel that bad that you ended up at the bottom of the lake,
1: so. <laughs> And And B, I hope that your new um, role as a alien shows you that you don't need to perpetuate toxic masculinity <laughs> via, you know, egging someone on to be a certain way to prove that
0: they're a quote-unquote man.
1: B, I hope yeah. you can leave that behind. You don't need that.
0: That's a good point, yeah. Raise your alien pods i don't know with (laughs) care your (laughs) your rope (laughs) thingy whatever (laughs) yeah it's a lot yeah all right well Well, that was honeymoon join us next time watch this movie bye friends it's amy thank you so much for listening if you have a second can you leave us a review uh particularly on apple Podcasts? we've only got a few and we would love to see more up there Uh, next time we will be talking about the buffy the vampire slayer movie directed by fran kuzi